What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, did you know that one man every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? At Manscaped, they save balls. This means not only designating the right tools for the job, but raising awareness for the ball-busting disease, which is the most common form of cancer among men ages 15 to 35. Yes, you heard that right. 15 years old to 35 years old. As part of Manscaped's brand mission, their partnership with testicular Cancer Society aims to educate and entertain while spreading a very important message about early detection and self-screening to protect yourself against men's health issues and cancer risk. First and foremost, go get those balls checked. Next, grab a lawnmower 3.0. Use that code DNVR to save 20% plus free shipping and help the proceeds go towards an amazing cause. Buy the performance package and crop mops today at Manscaped to contribute to the We Save Balls initiative. So make sure to head to Manscaped. Use that code DNVR to save 20% off that purchase and free shipping. And every purchase made in March goes towards contributions to the Testicular Cancer Society. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. To Zach Mace, RK, and the bar. Grief for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're, we're still, still waiting for. Bring on Chase. Out on the field, a mile high. Broncos win is our desire. Couple with a pregnant crew and a friendly don't Jim Blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDN. We are, we are DDN. We are. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this Monday edition. Mace, we're only one week out from the start of the legal tampering period. But before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. So whether you want to take one class or go and graduate, make sure to check out MSU Denver online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? And a special shout out today on International Women's Day to all the amazing women that listen to this show. Also to the ones that help put this together, especially Allie, uh, Michaela, and Lindsay at DNVR. And of course, all the amazing women in, in all of our lives. Maybe instead of saying my boys, you should have opened with my girls. <laughs> International Women's Day in honor of all in honor of all those who really uh, make the gears of society and and beyond mesh properly. I mean, that's, uh, you know, obviously we've uh, we've we've had some changes for the better in uh, in how we in in in. And, and how we have equality between the sexes, we still have a ways to go. I was reading uh, uh, last night something with my daughter about how there's still a pay gap for the same job between males and females in this country. So we are not there yet, but um, we're certainly getting closer every day. And yes, a shout out to, to all the women in sports and beyond who uh, uh, bring so much to this industry and to what we do. 
Yeah, and you know it's it's awesome that the past two three ring circuses, Mace, we we've been able to have two of those amazing women in this industry with Lindsay Jones and Nikki Javala, uh, and, and hopefully we'll we'll continue to have more on Mace and Mace. Speaking of Friday's three ring circus show, right after the show, some news came down. A couple of news items. The first one: Von Miller not going to be charged. Everyone kind of expected that up to this point, and we expected that the Broncos were kind of working on those lines with that assumption in mind. So very good news for, for Vaughn. Now the Broncos can just really focus uh, on football when it comes to making the decision on him, which they have to do within the next week. Uh, and then the other news, the Broncos officially placed the franchise tag on Justin Simmons. Mace, we knew that this, we knew that Justin wasn't going anywhere. And so we knew that if they couldn't get a long-term deal done, that this was going to happen. But interesting that they did it on Friday when they could have waited until tomorrow to do it. Yeah, and uh, I think the only thing you can read from making it it official on Friday rather than letting it play out until the deadline tomorrow is that while there is progress going on between the sides, clearly, that they're not yet at the dot all the I's, cross all the T's juncture when it comes to uh, his contract. I mean, you only do it on the ninth, on the fifth rather than ninth because you know you're not getting it done by the ninth. I don't think this, but I don't think this means that uh, people should panic. I think every indication that we've that we've gathered is positive regarding where things stand with Justin Simmons and the Broncos. And I expect that by July we will be talking about a contract, and and hopefully sooner. I mean. Uh, kind of the more the recent example of a second franchise tag resulting in a long-term contract was Demarcus Lawrence in Dallas. And that took, I believe 30 days from when he was tagged until when they got a deal done. So hopefully we're looking at that sort of time frame just to make sure this is out of the way. And then the other thing, Zach is if you get a contract done, done here in the next four to eight weeks, then if you do manage to have some in-person OTAs, whatever form those might take on when and whenever they might happen, you can have Justin Simmons out there. It would be good to have that resolved uh, by that time. Again, we don't know if, if OTAs in person are going to happen, but uh, with vaccine distribution ramping up, maybe there's some reason to believe that teams can gather at some point in mid to late June for a few weeks of on-field sessions. Yeah, and Mace, I know that right when the franchise tag was applied, a lot of people freaked out saying, oh no, is this the last year that Justin Simmons will be a Denver Broncos since the franchise tag is a one-term deal and since you can't franchise tag three straight years? And no, this this does not mean that Justin Simmons is walking out the door. They have until July 15th to come Mm -hmm. to a long-term deal with Justin. And like you said, Mace, everything we've heard, it points to that deal getting done. And so don't worry about that. This just makes sure that Justin Simmons does not hit the open market. It buys more time uh, and everything is going in the right direction. And everything that George Payton has said, makes it very clear that his intention is not to have Justin Simmons on the roster in 2021. It is to have Justin Simmons here for the long term. And in fact, Mace, right when they put the franchise tag on Justin, uh, George Payton put out a statement saying, designating Justin with the franchise tag is a procedural move that allows us to continue working on a long-term deal. We are completely focused on making sure Justin remains a big part of the Denver Broncos for many years to come. So really... Don't worry 
is what George Payton's saying. Justin Simmons is going to be here for the long term. And also, Mace, like we talked about a little bit last week, that franchise tag number is $13.75 million. In order to reset the market, he would have to just be paid $14.76 million. So just a tiny bit over $1 million in order to reset the market. So the sides really, just from that starting point, aren't that far away. Yeah. Now, the only danger here is, you know, we've been talking about uh, Justin Simmons and uh, and his contract and saying, okay, does he go north of fourteen million? If he gets to fourteen million a year, he's in the top five. If he gets to fourteen point two million, he's in the top three. If he gets north of fourteen point seven five million, and this is all an average per year contract value. He's number one because that's the that's the Buda Baker number right now that Arizona gave him last year. But what if the market changes? I mean, I don't expect you'll be talking about uh, about anybody resetting the market, especially because you had Marcus May uh, get tagged by the Jets. The Jets announced their intention to tag him uh, several days ago. But you know, what if somebody gets a little bit frisky and? Uh, and and gives uh, Keanu Neal you know more than he's worth, and that what if happen? Yeah, and that that's the only that is the risk that you run here. I feel like uh, it's a little bit of a a micro version of of what we've talked about a lot in terms of kicking the can down the road and yeah. and somehow thinking oh the the price tag might get cheaper. No, 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 the price tag might get might get more expensive. Uh, Anthony Harris of Minnesota is another one who's um kind of borderline now uh he's you know he's 29 years old he made 11.441 million dollars last year most most people think he's going to take maybe a little bit less but uh what if his deal somehow uh gives him a little bit more what if there's one frisky team now that being said you know if there's a year to bet on nobody being frisky and breaking the bank for safeties who maybe aren't worth top five money it's this year when Again, we go by every indication of pro- that we know of progress with Justin Simmons. Every indication we have right now in terms of how the market's going to look is that a lot of teams, they may not be closing their wallets completely, but they're going to be, to put it kindly, more frugal than most years, understandably, because their revenue has taken a serious hit in the last 12 months. And so that it, we may be in an environment where we may not have to worry about that happening just because of the climate of this year's off season. And so maybe it's not going to be an issue that the Broncos are, are, are kicking this down the road. Maybe they don't have to worry about the price tag going up or the top five average going up. Yeah, exactly. And, and Jared comes in with that question. He mm-hmm. says, what I don't understand is what will change between now and then why, or do the deal now? Why not? And Masha, you kind of just touched on it. There's no real reason not to do the deal now unless you have any trepidations about resetting the market for Justin Simmons uh, or you're unsure if you want him long term. Well, that's not true. We, we know the Broncos have no questions about wanting him long term. So it would just be about resetting the market, not wanting to do that for him. And Mace, it just doesn't make sense. It, you know, there was a conversation last year when you were paying him $11 million on the franchise tag and not wanting to pay him, you know, 14 dollars to reset the market. There's a conversation there. 
And not this year, though. When you're just talking about a million dollars, get the deal done. And Macy said those other names could reset the market potentially. Another name that could happen is re-signing Jamal Adams. The, the, the Seattle Seahawks can do that, and they will do that at some point. That's a guy who I don't think would just reset it at 14.76. I think he's a guy that could set it, you know, reset it at 15.5, and then you're having to pay Justin 15.75. So, Jared, I totally agree with you, man. At this point where the Broncos are, there's no reason to kick the can down the road. I can think of one, though. Oh, one reason. Oh. Sign and trade. And he's involved in a deal with Deshaun Watson. Mm, and then no. you're telling Houston or tag and trade. And then you're telling Houston, okay, you work out the long-term deal. Right. Tag right. and trade. And that's and, and that may be one thing that as long as you view it as a possibility, at least for a couple of months, it might govern your thinking a little bit. Now, that being said, one of the things that we that that uh is getting out there in the last few days is that uh, Houston appears set to dig in with Deshaun Watson and that there isn't going to be resolution, not only anytime soon, soon being in the next couple of weeks, but not before the draft, not even before the off season, they are prepared to take the standoff into the regular season. Hey, good luck with all that Houston. (laughs) But if that is something that if, if that is more kind of, bellicose rhetoric rather than something that happens in the actual realm. Uh, And there is a possibility of making a trade for Deshaun Watson. Then having Justin Simmons on a tag and trade could basically set up him being involved in that sort of thing. And that may be at least maybe deep, deep in the Broncos minds. It may be something that they're considering in all this as they, as they work this thing, as they work this thing out. But that being said, you know, it certainly isn't a, it certainly wouldn't be a financial thing because, or a cap thing even because Deshaun Watson's contract is pretty reasonable for this year. And uh, it wouldn't take much finagling to, to squeeze that $10 million in if you did manage to trade for him, which again, I don't expect the Broncos to be able to do in the next few months, but it may be something that is, that is out there in sort of a, a deep, deep, deep down the list consideration in terms of uh, how this is progressing. Well, look at that. We made it 13 minutes yes. before mentioning Deshaun Watson's that I'm pretty, All pretty impressed lead. because because yeah. Mace, we had we had a whole weekend just building up of this. We made it over 10 minutes. Very impressive, as Jared points out. Uh, but now, Mace, my question would be, well, why could he be involved in a tagging trade, uh, Justin? But if you get a long-term deal, he wouldn't be involved. Would that be because of the dead cap that the Broncos would have to eat in a trade like that? Potentially, and that, that's one thing to consider because, of course, uh, the signing bonus is on the team. And the other thing is you would then give the Texans control over – whether they wanted to get a long-term deal or not, deal or not, and it would also give Justin some flexibility as well. I mean, if you, if he were included in such a trade, if he were just on the tag rather than on a long-term contract, you give Justin a window to potentially get out after a year and go test the market himself. So, a tag and trade, if that were to come to pass, again, I don't think this is likely. But that would be friendlier to Justin Simmons and would be doing right by him more than signing him to a four-year deal and then shipping him off to the Houston Texans, where not only is he stuck in Houston, 
but you've got the signing, the prorated portion of the signing bonus that you're going to be cranking out year right. after year. And that would actually have an immediate impact on your cap as well. Yeah, yeah, it certainly would. And Mason, the so that that was the initial thing was people saying, "Oh no, they're not going to be able to sign Justin Simmons to a long term deal," which is just not true. The other thing that that I kind of got from this that could give people some hope on a long term deal happening sooner rather than later is Mace during the John Elway era, he would take things all the way up to the deadlines, and there was nothing wrong with that. That that's just how John Elway did it. So he would wait until you know noon tomorrow, right before the deadline, to apply the franchise tag to tag. Justin Simmons. He would do it five minutes before. And then the same was true about signing guys to long-term deals who were on the franchise tag. Everyone except for Justin Simmons got a long-term deal done when they were on the tag. And it always came down to that July 15th deadline right within 24 hours. But what did George Payton do, Mace? He did not do that. He did it multiple days before he applied the franchise tag. Didn't wait for that deadline. So that gives me hope that he's he's not going to wait until July 15, July 14th to do it. And that's why I think that Demarcus Lawrence 30-day timeline you talked about could be something that we're talking about with Justin. Yeah, and I think more, I think back to uh, how things dragged out. There's still an image in my mind of uh, Von Miller and John Elway in line to go to the White House, like standing outside the White House perimeter, going through the security checks. The two of them, uh, they were uh, several spots in, in front of me in the traveling party in the line, and they were having a, a very animated conversation, Ooh. which I believe was their first in-person conversation that they've had since Super Bowl Sunday of, of that year. And, um, and, and how, how that went. That? The, the, the one that, that stands out to me in terms of leaving things to the last minute, not just in terms of the tag, but in terms of getting contract done, it was the, the Demarius Thomas deal. And if you recall, you had Des Bryant also in play that year as well with Dallas. Yeah. And it was like, okay, who's going to blink first mm-hmm. and give the deal that sets the market. And both of them went down to about the, as, as late as possible. And another example of doing things at the last minute, and this is where it bit the Broncos in the tail was Elvis Dumerville. With oh, the facts yeah, and trying to get the restructure done in time, but the fax machine didn't work. <laughs> the communications broke down, and the next thing you know, they have to cut Elvis Dumerville. Now, nobody is relying on faxes anymore, thank goodness. It's it's uh, uh, e-documents and so forth, and we we're in a little more enlightened era in that regard. But um, that you know what? The thing is, that moment, the, fa- the fax incident with Dumerville, you would think that would have been the thing that compelled the Broncos to not work on things at the last <laughs> yeah. minute. Maybe you just a little bit ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. no. Yep. no. <laughs> down to the wire. Yep. They certainly did. And Hey Duke comes in with a great point. He says, or are the Broncos just pausing negotiations with Justin Simmons while they work on Vaughn, Shelby, etc.? And Mace, this kind of brings us to our, the next point of our conversation is another name to throw in there. Hey Duke is Kareem Jackson. Because, Mace, we talked to George Payton last week, and he wants everyone back. He wants all the Broncos back. He wants to run it back. But one of the things he didn't say, pretty much outside of Justin Simmons, was at a certain price, is what he didn't say. It was a very good PR move uh, from George Payton. But I think you have to read between the lines that he's not just going to bring everyone back on their current contract. You know, Vaughn, he's not just going to pay Shelby whatever he wants in free agency, although he said he was a priority. And Kareem Jackson was one of the most interesting ones. He said... Yeah, we, we of course want Kareem back. He did say that Justin and Kareem, uh, you take those deals separately when you look at them. But he didn't say, yeah, we're picking up his option no, no matter what. 
Yeah. And uh, kind of one thing that you're, you're thinking about here is um, you're thinking about the cost of, of having two safeties. The Broncos had the highest paid safety duo in the NFL last year. If you bring Kareem back on his current contract, they will almost certainly have the highest paid safety duo in the NFL this year. The only other team, Zach, who that had two safeties that were on contracts that average 10 million or more per year is the Minnesota Vikings. And now the Vikings are likely moving on from that because Anthony Harris's contract is expiring. And if they don't bring Anthony Harris back, then they will probably move out of the group of teams that have two safeties on, on um, eight figure per year contracts. And, And that would leave the Broncos as the only one. So I think what you have here is a little bit of kind of a, a cost-benefit thing going on at the position. Um, saying, do we really want to? Do we really? Do we really want to have for this year more than twenty-five million dollars of our cap going to the safety position? How how important is it? And I think in a vacuum, you'd say, yeah, that's too much for the safety position. But when you look at the Broncos situation and you have a cornerback core that is in that is in flux. You've got right now. You have Bryce Callahan, Michael Ojemudia, and Isang Bassi coming off of an ACL as your top three guys. And so, two of those players have significant injury concerns. You can add a free agent certainly, and you can add a high draft pick. But are you still looking at a situation where you're a little? bit skeptical about the composition of that cornerback room. Certainly if you bring in a a Patrick Sertan or a Caleb Farley or a JC Horn, you're plugging that guy in to start from day one, but how good will they be? I mean rookies rookies are talented, but you know there's there's a variance. I mean there there may be there may be an adjustment period. And you do have Bassey and Callahan with injury concerns. So if you have a situation where maybe you're going to overpay the safeties, it might be this one because you need them to sort of clean up the mess a little bit more uh, than most safety tandems would. So the Broncos might be in a situation where they need to have a couple of really good safeties. If the question then becomes, okay, can we get any relief for Kareem Jackson? What happens if we give him a little bit of a bonus? Can we get some uh, a bonus uh, that ties him to us for another couple of years. Is that a chance that we want to take, or do we just want to get the $10 million of relief right now and roll the dice with whatever we can find on the market? Can, and you know, we've kind of had this discussion with other positions. Can the Broncos find 75% of Kareem Jackson for 30% of the cost? That's why we discussed Will Parks last week. And this is something that, that, that I, I'm sure they're having discussions on, on right now, in regards to Kareem Jackson, they're talking with him, they're exchanging figures, but they're also thinking in their mind, okay, if we can get, maybe we can get him to a certain figure here that stretches it out, or we walk away and we get the the, cheap, the, the cheaper safety on a one-year deal. The only thing is, Zach, if you do make that change, you probably put yourself in a position where you have to have safety, uh, a potential starting safety, come off the board to you at some point in the first four rounds you have to maybe you're gonna be on maybe on the two-year plan with that safety but you had then it becomes a draft need 
Yeah, if you move on from Kareem Jackson, safety is absolutely a draft need because you just have no depth behind. Because remember, Will Parks is a free agent this year. So if they want him back, they're going to have to give him some money in order to do that. Now, it's going to be significantly less than Kareem Jackson. But Mace, it wouldn't be a shock if they move on from Kareem Jackson if cornerback is their first pick and safety is their second pick. Or, you know, safety maybe be in that third round pick instead of the second. But there'd be a big investment there. Uh, And you you make the great point of you could you pay could you find 70 75 percent of kareem jackson at 25 percent of the price and just with how the safety position is mace i think you can and will parks is pretty much the perfect guy for that we said what one year three million dollars for will parks if you're going to do a one a one year deal well kareem jackson making 12 eight this year so that's 25 percent of the price and will parks certainly isn't kareem jackson but I think he's pretty much 75% of him. So boom, right there. That's your natural replacement. But the way you laid out the argument, Mace, is perfect because you're going to need a big strength with that safety group. So what I'm doing for one year is I'm keeping it the highest paid safety group again. I'm keeping Kareem Jackson. I'm picking up the option. I'm personally not extending him right now because I'm okay with doing this for one year. Now, where where I would really step back and take a pause is if this was making Kareem Jackson a top five paid safety along with Justin Simmons for three or four years down the line. I personally want to avoid that. But for one more year, I want that safety group to be very strong. That makes a lot of sense, and I, I, I see where you're. I see where you're going with that. The only thing is, what if, what if there's a possibility to take that ten million dollars if you let go of Kareem Jackson, and turn it in? I mean, just I'll throw a name out. What if you can turn it into Patrick Peterson? Right. I mean, or say probably about more like about 75% of Patrick Peterson. You're probably having to to go a little bit more to get him under contract. Richard Sherman is going to be on the market. These are both guys who flourish in zone and yeah, they're long in the tooth. Yeah. The, it, the name ha- maybe is a little bit bigger than the play right now, but can they come into a fairly young cornerback room and, and provide an upgrade? Peterson in particular, I think as the Cardinals incorporated more man concepts the last couple of years, he wasn't who he was. I think if you plug him into a Vic Fangio scheme that Peterson shines, but that's a that's a big money deal. That would be a signature. That would be a signature deal. That would be a signature contract. So, you know, that's and again, how much of what he did the last couple of years is scheme related? How much of what of of, of what he did the last couple of years is age related? If you believe it's it's scheme, and I think it's more scheme than the level of play, then it's something that you think about because I see higher learnings uh, with a comment saying that Patrick Pearson has been getting burnt. And again, that's why you talk about the scheme fit. I mean, how many times with a cornerback do we say scheme fit, scheme fit, scheme fit. It was the rationale for being willing to part ways with Chris Harris jr. Last year, because the scheme no longer fit what he did best. And you were stepping away and moving and moving on. The other thing that comes into play is when you're talking about the secondary as a whole, if you're going to be open to trade downs, and we've seen a bunch of mock drafts talking about the Broncos trading down, then you have to make sure that you've got a starting 22 that you're comfortable with that gives you the flexibility to say yes when a team says, hey, uh, we're going to offer you a first-round pick and a third next year and a third round pick this year to move down six slots or whatever, or maybe move down and, or maybe 
moved down a couple of times. I mean, I, Zach, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos moved down once and then moved down again no. and really go into pick accumulation mode. And if that happens, let's say they're picking 24th or 25th when their name finally gets called in the draft. You then you really don't want to be locked into a position at that point. Then you're at the moment in the draft where you, you, you do want to say best player on our board and that best player on the board may not be an obvious need. What if the, what if the best player, what if, what if you trade down twice and the best player on your board is Najee Harris. Mm. And if you haven't done the things in this point, at this point on the calendar, in terms of bringing back your own guys, bringing in some value free agents, if you haven't done the things on, on at the, in March to make sure that you've got a starting 22 that you trust, you don't have the flexibility to say, okay, we're going to pick the best player on our board who happens to be a running back. And it's possible that the Broncos could make a couple of trade downs and be staring at Najee Harris. And if that's the guy, you'd like to have the flexibility and you'd like to be set up roster-wise to be able to, to, to have that kind of dice roll where the risk-reward ratio on a running back would be right. Yep, you're you're 100 right, and I love that scenario, Mason. That's a scenario that we we could be. Well, looking you at. love your Alabama guys, Zach. That's, that's another reason <laughs> yeah. why I I tossed that in. But I mean, but <laughs> if you're talking about a first round running back, I mean, to me, you know, like last year, I talked about oh, Jonathan Taylor maybe at the end of the first round if you made mm-hmm. a few moves, and and Najee Harris kind of uh, is, yeah, I think that same kind of back, and you know what the two of them have in common is their skill set is suited for today's NFL. Both of them really good at catching the football. And of course, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor, once he got his sea legs under him with the Colts second half of the season, uh, how many running backs were better than Jonathan Taylor league wide? One, two, three backs. He was dominant down the stretch. And I think, uh, I think if you had a couple of trade downs and you were able to, to make sure that your roster was kind of set, Najee Harris would make sense then. Maybe he wouldn't make sense uh, earlier, but he might make sense then. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a great point. And Mace, going back to the safety, that that's the one thing that mm-hmm. makes me say, okay, I'm fine with moving on from Kareem Jackson this year, is if you take that $10 million in cap savings mm-hmm. and you spend it on cornerback specifically, mm-hmm. or of course quarterback, but cornerback specifically. But here's the thing. You got to make sure that that $10 million is, is a hit because you know, with Kareem Jackson, you've got a great player this year. That's a hit right there with that $10 million. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you don't miss on that cornerback because then you're moving on from a a $10 million, very, very good player in Kareem Jackson. And if that doesn't hit, then that's going to hurt your team right now and in the future. So you just, and and the vets make sense, Mace, Uh, the Patrick Peterson, if you believe he can rebound Richard Sherman, you know, he can play right now. Hey, those, those are kind of short-term guys, or at least Richard Sherman is, but you know that you're going to hit on those guys. If you go with more of an unproven guy, uh, then, Mm -hmm. then that's going to be more of a risk. If you hit, then it was the right move to move on from Kareem. Yeah, and uh, I think he also you maybe get creative at cornerback, and maybe you're saying it's two guys. Maybe it's one guy that you're secure in, and then another guy who is more of an upside dented card guy. And that's where we get into Chidobi Awuzie, 
who was benched by Dallas. You get yeah. it, you, you get into to Kevin King, uh, for example, who uh, was seen getting burned uh, in the NFC Championship game by Scotty Miller on on that deep pass uh, up the left sideline that the Bucks had right before halftime, but has sh- has shown some flashes and could be a good scheme fit. Uh, Desmond King, who was with the Chargers and played an All Pro level a couple of years back, and then was with the Titans uh, late this past year after being traded. Those are some guys, and, and, but you wouldn't want any of those three as your primary solution in terms of a woozy and the two Kings. But maybe you're saying, okay, we've got to go shopping for a couple of corners. And that second corner probably is somebody who's really on a prove it kind of one year, $4 million type of deal. Right. And right. then you, you've, you've got your big, you've got your big money that you've spent on somebody who you would expect to be your cornerback one. And then you're fortified down low. And then, you know what, if if things work out and there isn't a good trade offer and you stand pack at, pat at number nine, you pick you pick Sertan or Farley and and you and you're set at corner. Now you're not you're not worried as much. You can always use one of those guys. And certainly one of those guys would play his way into the lineup in a pretty prominent way. And the other thing, I mean, if you've got one of those guys, if you've got and if you also the other thing is if you're if you're doling out one year contracts to corners, remember Bryce Callahan's in the final year of his deal as well. So you, it's not like cornerback suddenly doesn't become a position that you would be happy to get in the first round if you end up standing pat at nine. But I, I think we all agree the Broncos not only would be wise to be in the trade down market, but uh, there's a decent chance they would, they will be in the trade down market in terms of, of, of acquiring future assets. So if you make sure cornerback is taken care of in the next couple of weeks, then you have the flexibility to trade down, accumulate some picks. And perhaps for example, if, if the, one of the picks you're accumulating is an extra second rounder, if you've let go of cream Jackson and you have a starting duo of Simmons and will parks for this year, Maybe you're talk. You're able to say, okay, that's our plan. But ooh, whoa, you know, maybe you know, you know, Richie Grant is available in round two, and he's right. someone who's a real ball hawk. And maybe you think about him. Yep, yep, they definitely put you in a position of strength doing something like that. And it's crazy how many dominoes are going to fall in the next seven to nine days because Mace, one week from now, the official tampering period opens in the NFL, uh, which will really, really be interesting because there has been no combine for agents and teams to talk. That's when they will begin doing that. And then next Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday, is when free agency officially starts, when guys can officially be signed. And of course, leading up to that, the Broncos have to make contract options decisions on Kareem Jackson and on Von Miller. Yeah, and of course, it's funny, that the legal tampering period starts next week. Historically, the illegal tampering period goes on at the combine. Mm-hmm. No in-person combine this year, but there was that report that the, Ron- the Broncos did reach out to Ryan Fitzpatrick, which of course would be illegal tampering. But yeah. you also have uh, John Clayton uh, writing that uh, Fitzpatrick is uh, really str- strongly considering retirement at this point. Mm, interesting. He he just had enough heartbreak throughout his career, being benched, playing well, being benched. Well. The thing is, and the thing that I, I I've been thinking about with Fitzpatrick is that you know he's he's made seventy one million dollars. He's got a large family, um, not Philip Rivers level, yeah. <laughs> but certainly it's not easy to uproot everybody, and that 
he may not want to do another move. Right. For $5 million and a, ch- and a chance to compete with Drew Locke. That maybe it's just, okay, it's time. You know, I've, I've run my race. I'm 38 years old. Uh, and I, and I just, and I just go ahead and, and move on. And so that's, and so that's why it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprising if he just decided to hang him up right now. And, uh, or maybe even when all was said and done decide, okay, you know, I'm content being a backup. I'll just stay in Miami for another year. Right, man. What I could yeah. see him doing is, you know, retiring now and then getting that itch mid season and coming in and playing for a team, taking a team to the playoffs or something like that. That would be the ultimate Fitz move. Well, Fitz in the playoffs, starting a playoff game, that's the one thing that we haven't seen from him. I mean, wow. as he's bounced around a journeyman quarterback, the one thing that he, he didn't manage to do is start a playoff game. I mean, even even Brian Hoyer started a playoff game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And actually, Hoyer was the guy who came in in 2015 after Fitz started for Houston in 2014, and Hoyer got the, 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 the Texans to the playoffs. Of course, the other thing with Fitz is that the biggest game of his career, Week 17, Jets at Bills, 2015 season. Jets win. They're in the playoffs. Ah, as John Fox once said, he picked a bad day to have a bad day. <laughs> yep. Yes, he certainly did. Oh, man. Well, we'll we'll see what happens with him because, of course, that's a domino that'll fall for the Broncos. If he decides to retire, he won't be on their list of veteran hedge quarterbacks that they yeah. could bring in. And, Mace, before we get out of here, I was curious what DraftKings Sportsbook had on their odds for Najee Harris being picked. He's the second uh, he has the second best odds to be the first running back drafted behind Travis Etienne at minus one twenty one. You have Najee Harris at plus one hundred. So heck, Broncos trade back. Let's say they're sitting at twenty six or something. It's very possible that the second running back on the board at Najee Harris could be available. So you can find those odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we we thank them for presenting this live. And man, if if you like Najee Harris to the Broncos, maybe plus one hundred could have in there but mace this has been a blast we're gonna hop over to the podcast side of this to answer all of the listener questions check us out anywhere that that you find podcasts over at dnvr broncos podcast to get the second half of this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in live please hit us with a like a subscribe subscribe and sign up for those alerts on youtube as well we really appreciate everyone checking in on youtube and We'll get to the comment section in just a second. All right. And just like that, the magic of podcasting, we are here in the comment section. But before we jump into the comments, Ryan, got to tell the good people about how to leave a comment here. Uh, Now, what you do is go to thednvr.com. At the top of the screen, you'll see a podcast tab. Click on that. Click on the Broncos podcast tab. And then all of our podcasts will pop up. Click on the very top one. That's our most recent podcast. Scroll to the bottom of that page. And if you are a member of our family over at DNVR, then a comment section will magically appear and you can leave comments there that will be read on the next day's podcast. And that's just one of the perks of becoming a member and part of our family over at DNVR is you get to leave those comments, questions, have them read on the next podcast every single day. And also we have the members only discord where you can talk to us. You can talk to other diehard fans of Denver about not just football and but you can talk all sports, uh, so many things out there. You'll get a free DNVR shirt with the annual membership. And of course, the weekly locker room deals over at DNVR and so many other things. And 
you also get the opportunity to support us. So please, we'd really appreciate you becoming a member. And when you do, make sure to drop a comment in the comment section, introducing yourself and just get letting us know maybe what your favorite cereal is or something dating back to when you joined on with us. So we'd love to hear from you. And we'd love it if you went to the dnvr.com and joined our family. Once you join the family, of course, you got to go down to Breckenridge Brewery and get you some Breck Brews, the official beers of DNVR. I know we pulled a fast one on you guys there. He traded me for Mace. Uh, but make sure you head down to Breckenridge Brewery or head to your local liquor store anywhere you get beers to get some Breck Brews. And now that the weather's starting to warm up, it's the perfect time to try out the all-new Good Company Hard Seltzer. So make sure you use the Breck Brew Locator to find the nearest uh, good company seltzers or whatever breakfast you're looking for to you. Nice weather, Ryan. Also means it's home buying season and there's no better people to buy a home with than our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. They have been part of our family for a long time as DNVR members. And now they're partnering with us to be the best mortgage providers for anyone in the metro area. They're a husband wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do and most importantly, get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options. And Mike of Virginia looks so much more than just the mortgage that they're putting together for you. Because Mike is a certified financial planner, he looks at your entire financial picture to let you know what's the best route to go in terms of all the nitty gritty stuff as well. So that is why they set themselves apart. You can look at more than just your mortgage and you can give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578. Not only do they have great customers, Customer service, but they know every single part of the mortgage industry in and out. So make sure to head over to dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options with Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the comment section and talk to the beautiful people on this morning. First one coming in from some people call me the Space Cowboy. And speaking of new members, he says, gentlemen, after five years, you finally got me. We got, got him. After freeloading since March 2016, March 2016, back in the Brandon Crystal and RK days, I've been given a subscription by my wife for my birthday today. Well, happy birthday. I'm so excited to join the DNVR family and get to chat with you all. As a Broncos fan from Southern California, I've never been able to get together and talk Broncos with people. My dad's family is from Colorado. It's known as the City of Heroes and the Steel City. Never heard of those nicknames, but do you guys know which Colorado city this is? Ryan, I, I cheated, so I, I I know the answer to this. Do you know? City of Heroes and the Steel City. I wouldn't. Uh, have, I wouldn't have guessed. Uh, Pueblo. Oh, bingo! Right Got it. On. Let's like, go. There's no doubts in your mind. You knew that one. He says, "I've been rooting for the Broncos since I watched a VHS TV copy of Super Bowl 32 with my dad and fell in love with my dad's favorite team." Anyone else remember the Tabasco Mosquito commercial? Ryan, of course. <laughs> yeah. He says, "I can't wait to go on this journey with you all, and we are so pumped to have you, the Space Cowboy." 
yeah, man, happy birthday and welcome to the family. We're, uh, we're very happy to have you in the comments. And, and you mentioned not being able to gather with Broncos fans and chat. Well, you got to get over to the, uh, the members lounge where you can just chat Broncos with fellow fans all day. Yes, absolutely. And Ryan, speaking of birthdays, happy birthday one day away from the big two nine. How does it feel? You know, uh, the, the day before my younger brother's birthday every year, I'd always say, man, this is the last day that you're going to be, you know, whatever age. And he said it always made him sad. So, you know, just to make you feel sad, Ryan, how does it feel to be last day of 28 years old? Uh, I feel super old. (laughs) <laughs> super old i don't know like i don't know how people do it when they're like older than this <laughs> i guess you'll find out tomorrow i guess i guess <laughs> oh man but well you know 29 is still young because you know you always say to like an older person ah you don't look a day over 29 so i guess i can start saying that to you tomorrow well yeah and right now i still am not <laughs> exactly no you are not Oh, next one coming in from Casper. Fellas, if you trade Fant, then sign Kyle Rudolph to help you get another one letter on. How say you? So trade Fant and sign Kyle Rudolph. No. No, you you don't. Okay, what if Fant is involved in bringing you Deshaun? Yeah, of course, do anything you have to. (laughs) And then are you down for signing Kyle Rudolph, or do you just want to go a different route in replacing tight end production? Um, Yeah, I I mean, you could sign to Kyle Rudolph. It's whatever. I mean, you know, you'll just be fine. Like, you don't really put whoever there. Andrew Beck, for all I care. (laughs) It's true. What about your guy, Zach Ertz? Um, again, you know, you're going to have to trade for him. You're, you're not going to really have any capital after you get Deshaun Watson. So <laughs> I think that would be difficult. Um, you could, you know, get someone in the fourth round. I, I mean, and once you have Deshaun, like tight end is really not a big problem for you. It's just, yeah, you have Albert O and, and that's all like, that's your kind of mismatch weapon. But you also have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick and 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 now Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you'd be you'd be fine at tight end because Nick Vanette can be your boring blocking tight end. He can do that role. And Alberto, if you want a threat at tight end, boom, there you go, right there. Next one coming. By the way, from- um, uh, Johnny Bolin, a fan of acquiring Deshaun Watson. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he's Super Bolin popped up. What end of last week? Oh, I just saw it yesterday. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think I think I saw Friday. He had some beach vibes going on in uh, on the IG. Yep, he's back. <laughs> he's he's back. Uh, next one here from Ray City Bronco. Hey guys, a couple of weeks ago, Mace mentioned how the late Vincent Jackson was one of the greatest high school athletes to ever make it. To, uh, Colorado high school athletes to ever make it to the NFL. Got me thinking. Who would you put on the Mount Rushmore of Colorado's high school football players? In addition to Jackson, here's a list of nominees to consider. Wizard White, Christian McCaffrey, Dalton Reisner, Philip Lindsay, Tony Baselli, Tom Ruin, Dave Logan, and Jack Christensen. The best I ever played with was Dirk Johnson. He was an exceptional athlete who once broke 10 tackles on a play, and afterwards our coach yelled at us, you guys, don't, uh, you guys have to block one guy because Dirk can break all the tackles. I imagine my surprise when I saw him on TV during Super Bowl 39, standing next to Donovan McNabb and looking – like a punter, LOL. Uh, by the way, in case people don't know who Jack Christensen is, here's a quick bio. 
Enshrined in Canton, he attended the Odd Fellows Orphanage School in Cannon City after losing his parents at a young age. He won a championship with the Detroit Lions in the 50s, playing alongside Bobby Lane and Doak Walker. He was a talented defensive back who intercepted 46 passes in his career and returned eight punts for touchdowns. His athletic career was cut short his senior year in high school when he was shot in the elbow by the chief of police as they were moving a bike rack into the middle of the street as a prank. What a fascinating character. Jeez. Holy cow. Yeah. Really what, what a life. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, a great story right there. And you know what, after that in-depth, uh, bio of Jack Christensen, I'll just, uh, I'll stand by race city Broncos, uh, list of hall of, or of, uh, Mount Rushmore guys. The only problem is the Mount Rushmore is, uh, it's a little too big for, uh, for this list. But, uh, are you, are you putting Philip Lindsay in there, Ryan? Uh, not yet, I don't think. I think Wizard White's got to be in there. I think Tony Vaselli's got to be in there. I think Jack Christensen has to be in there. Hmm. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is certainly on his way to being in there. You know, I think there's like a longevity issue here. Right. Um, so right now, maybe Vincent Jackson does hold that spot. Um, I don't think he's quite a Hall of Fame. I, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. I, I would trust Mace's judgment on that better than mine. But um. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to start right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely is great info there, Ray City Bronco. Next one from Pig Tosser sixty six. Great pod, fellas. Definitely miss seeing and hearing Nikki cover the Broncos. So that was awesome. But I got a bone to pick. What kind of BS mission are you sending us with your little face the mace and get disgrace game you got going on? Ha <laughs> ha Very funny. The miracle on ice would have nothing on what one of us taking down mace would be. I like it to beating MJ in a game of one-on-one or getting a base hit off Randy Johnson or beating Pete Sampras in Wimbledon or my DNVR brother who said he would take Vaughn's spot getting a sack on Mahomes. The only way Mace doesn't mop the floor with whoever he's up against is if you guys make him put on one of those helmets he has in his office without the good padding and make him run headfirst into a tree and get concussed or make him beer bong a six or a Breck bruise 15 minutes beforehand. Oh yeah. And even then you'd still have to get us the damn internet dude is an absolute machine at least with tyson on punch out or or bowser you knew they had a chance to win this can be described as hopeless but in all seriousness i'm loving the three ring circus and new friday pod just awesome and for what it's worth zach and rk you guys are legit but i think i can hang with you fellas on trivia if i ever get on just saying later boys well, looks like we have this week's uh, contestant. <laughs> Let's do it, Pig Tosser. <laughs> Pig Tosser, um, yeah, uh, get in touch with us. We'll uh, we'll get you on there. We'll see. <clears throat> I mean, um, it's kind of the point, right, uh, is to have a final boss that's almost impossible. Like, the prize, if you ever beat Mace, is, gonna, is a lifetime membership. So it's, it's got to be difficult to get. Um, and, yeah. I mean, you still get prizes if you beat Zachariah. Which, uh, yeah, Pig Tosser, we'll we'll see if you can hang with us. We'll we see. Sh- we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> From World to Suck, haven't commented in a while, but good to drop by again. If the Broncos were to hang on in the ninth pick of the draft, what are the odds that they'll select a player who ends up with a better career than Jerry Judy? Their pick from last year at number 15 overall. I personally would say 30%. Judy was a steal, and I don't love the players in the range where Denver will select, especially at the position of needs, but enough of what I think. What do you guys think? Well, you guys know, you know, we did the one got to go. We did Noah Fant, Bradley Chubb, and Jerry Judy, and I said I think Jerry Judy's going to have the best career out of those three. So I'm really high 
on what his career is going to look like. I think it's going to be really difficult for the Broncos to select a guy who is going to have a career, who I'm going to feel like is going to have a career as good as Jerry Judy is. I think Jerry Judy is going to have. Yeah, Ryan, last year, we all thought Jerry Judy was a top 10 talent in this draft and the Broncos can get another top 10 talent, but I think they landed that last year. So I'll go, I'll go 40% chance, just a little bit higher than world of sucks saying that the Broncos can get someone better than Jerry Judy, but I I'm still what Jerry Judy did last year did not make me feel down on him one bit. Now, does he need to improve the drops? Yes, he absolutely does. What rookie can you point to and say, oh, there's nothing he needs to improve from his rookie season? None of them. You, you can point to something for everyone. So Jerry Judy needs to improve the drops, but what I saw, so encouraged still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it'll be really hard for them. And, and based on the position they're probably going to select, it's, it'll be just different. Um, but I think Jerry Judy really has Hall of Fame potential. Um, and it's going to be hard for me to see a player with that high potential. So Ryan, let me throw this out there. Mitch <clears throat> was talking about potentially how the Broncos could trade back, not once, but twice in the first round. And if, if George Payton's done a good enough job kind of building the team in free agency and re-signing his own guys that they really can go BPA. And he said, what if the Broncos trade back twice? They're sitting late twenties and Najee Harris is clearly the best player on the board. Is that is that where you go? Would you be okay with that? Now, obviously, we didn't get into the nitty gritties of, you know, okay, they give a second round tender to Phil, they keep Melvin. Uh, we didn't get into those nitty gritties, but would you be okay with that? Um, I'm not against it, especially, you know, if you use that word best player available, like I, I always take the best player available. Um, I don't know if it's best use of resources, but I'll be really happy that they traded down twice first. Um, so yeah, I'll take that scenario because I think the Broncos end up in a really great position with capital uh, and they end up with a really good player, you know, positional value can be debated forever. Uh, and, and anyone who wants to debate that is going to tell you that running backs don't have it, but <clears throat> save a bunch of money on Melvin Gordon, at least in my opinion, that's what you would do. Um, and then, you know, Philip Lindsay and Najee Harris is a nice combo that you have there. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not against that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm not against it either. And Ryan, I, I do agree with you. I know we kind of went back and forth on Phil and Melvin on Friday, but in this case, if you're getting Najee Harris, Phil probably makes the most sense to, to have him next to him, especially at that price point that he'll be. Yeah, exactly. Next one from Mud Dogs. Fellas, I'm wondering about the tender options from the Broncos. From the Broncos' perspective, why wouldn't they? Is there a downside to slapping a tender on them? Seems like a win-win. You either keep the player or get a draft pick. I guess the only downside would just be player relations or cost. Also, really enjoyed Friday's show. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in with us, Mud Dog. And yeah, I actually have a, a very in-depth piece on the DNVR.com breaking down all the tenders. But essentially... Uh, you can give a first round tender on a guy, which is about four and a half, five million dollars. You can give a second round tender on a guy. It's about three and a half million dollars. Or you can go original round tender, meaning wherever they were drafted, which a lot of these guys are undrafted, you get that draft pick back. So if they're undrafted, you don't get anything back for them. If they go, that's about two and a half million uh, or just the right of first refusal tender, which is uh, again, you just get uh, the last say in negotiations. So the reason that you wouldn't tender one of these guys 
is, well, you probably would. You would at least do an original round tender or write a first refusal tender, meaning that you get to match any contract that these guys get on the open market. Uh, and the reason that you wouldn't put a second round tender on the guys like Alexander Johnson, Tim Patrick, or Philip Lindsay is if you didn't want to pay them three and a half million dollars. But to me, Ryan, all of those guys are worth three and a half million dollars this year. <clears throat> yeah, we've talked a lot about them not being able to do it. I mean, they sh- like if you're a winning football team, you tender all of those guys. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in being the best team that you can be next year, you tender all of those guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, compare us talking about well, they must they might not be able to tender all three guys to like the Chiefs just signing everyone. <laughs> um, like we're talking about three and a half million dollars. That's going to be, that's going to make or break whether you have a good player on your football team next year. That's yikes. If you legitimately don't think you can afford that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's give me a break level. And remember you don't get comp picks back for these guys. If you let them go, if you keep them on your team this year and then they go somewhere next year, you'll get a comp pick in return. If you don't tender them and they go somewhere else, or you do tender them and they go somewhere else. Sorry, nothing in return. You just let a good player walk for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Mud Dogs uh, also says, Ryan, he says, how do you get on the red zone? Ah, the wait list is growing. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really come up with a formula for it yet. Um, we might have to now. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I feel like the, uh, the interest in, jo- in, being in, in entering the red zone has grown. Um, so if we just keep doing like, well, whoever wants to be on it uh, might get a little flooded. And you know, what's, uh, what's interesting is, you know, we, we had a comment earlier saying, oh, it's just not fair going against Mace yet. People want to do it. So let's go, baby. <laughs> there's, there's, there's honor in getting Mace slapped. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It, how much honor is there in getting Zach slapped? <laughs> um, you know, it's a, it's an honorable thing. It's just, it's, okay. it's not quite like being knighted. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I, I can, I can agree with that. <laughs> Next one coming in from Jock Strap, Jerry. What's up guys. I spent some time this weekend watching clips of Vaughn and Chubb from the 18 and 19 season. And Oh man, were they awesome. I'm really hoping they're able to bring Vaughn back and keep him for another few years. If not, I feel like we've been robbed of the opportunity to watch them dominate in Fangio's defense for my question. Do you think the lack of turnovers the last two years have been more due to the lack of pass rush or due to the lack of consistent pass coverage? Coverage. I know there is usually a strong correlation between those two phases and that it isn't as simple as lack of pass rush is the reason, but I'd love to know which you think has been the more consistent problem. Also just wanted to say, I love the three ring circus and the guests you have brought in would love to see Albright, Ryan Edwards, or Steve Atwater on at some point too. Thanks as always. Well, Ryan, just as our wait list of red zone members is growing, well, we, we've got a good list of guests to have on as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Super excited to see uh, how that show develops and, and really excited that people are enjoying it. Uh, it's always, you know, doing new things is always just a, a, an adventure and, uh, you know, a, uh, I don't want to say a risk or like scary or anything like that. Cause it's not, but it's, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty here. Will people like it? How's it going to go? Is it going to turn out the way we want it to? Uh, and so far has been so good with, with three rings. So, Really excited that you guys are enjoying it, and and that motivates us to want to even make it better and bring you guys more and and all that stuff. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. In terms of your question, is it has the lack of turnovers been pass coverage or pass rush? I mean, it really is both. And you look at the Broncos the past couple of years, they didn't have Bradley Chubb, then they didn't have Von Miller. uh, And then last year, you know, their secondary was just totally, totally depleted. Uh, But but I'll say uh, the lack of pass rush, not forcing quarterbacks into making bad mistakes uh, has been the bigger reason why. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. What were you saying? The that the pass rush what was a bigger reason why uh, they haven't had turnovers than the pass coverage. Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. Um, I think that it's pa- I think pass rush is the number one cause of turnovers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And that's, that's why, uh, what, what you're saying, jogstrap Jerry, about having Vaughn and Chubb is so exciting and, and is so enticing, uh, for George Payton to either rework a deal for Vaughn to get him back to have him with Chubb or to just pick up his option, which before this week, Ryan, I've said, there's no chance that Vaughn's back on the $22 million cap hit. I think there's a chance now and it's just wild to say not it's not what I would do, but I think there's a chance that they just straight up pick up the option. That would be very, wow. That would be surprising. Very yeah. surprising. Yeah, it, it certainly would be. It certainly would be. But and- it, it would be all right. If you're doing that, then you better tender all three of your guys. Like, cause you're saying like money is not a reason why we're not, why we're not going to be competitive this year. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Because, again, it's more important to me to get Von Miller to take $2 million less and give two million two of, of Tim Patrick's $3.5 million, you know? If you're just saying, like, yep, we're just picking up the option, then you better be saying, like, okay, well, we can afford all the other guys we want to keep around. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're exactly right. Oh man. I wish there were odds on Von Miller, whether they pick up that option or not, because I think they would be increasing right now, but where you can find a lot of great odds is over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, Najee Harris at plus 100 to be the first running back drafted. We've talked about that, but we have, they have so much more over at DraftKings Sportsbook and guys, every day that I look, they have a new draft thing that's added for the NFL draft, which is just this next month. Uh, and of course, all the daily odds, boosts, and promotions that they've got on hockey, basketball, just everything going on. UFC, they've got it all. And of course, there was a punch landed this weekend. So you cash that $1 into $100. So make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, where they've got everything you could want, including awesome future NFL props popping up. So make sure to check them out. DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the App Store now and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up to get the great sign-up bonuses that they've got. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And also got to check out green roads you probably know by now that dnvr is a big believer in the benefits of cbd and as a consumer you got to find the best product that works for you green roads sent us over a bunch of different products and man i really like this stuff uh they hooked me up with the relax gummies which are exactly what they sound like they're gummy bears that make you feel relaxed uh and you know cbd obviously non-psychoactive not anything like that but i you know it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, man, got home from a long day of work. 
have a little CBD gummy and just feel, you know, feel like, uh, feel like it's easier to unwind. So that's what I tried out, but there's a bunch of different products over at green roads that you can check out. Um, I'm excited also to try out the, I think they're called sleepy Z's, uh, or they're supposed to help you go to sleep. Uh, so there's a lot of different stuff at green roads. Um, I mean, CBD soft gels, full spectrum oil, CBD capsules, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, you got to try out CBD and really see what it does for you. Um, so make sure you check out Green Roads and use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, Ryan. Next one coming in from maybe the dingo, H.O. Baby. If you're in a pickle left with only two options to get out of jail, which one is it going to be? A, Edward Forty Hands, or B, dishwasher salmon oh man this is a this is a ryan question right here two options i mean you definitely go dishwasher salmon like dishwasher salmon tastes delicious there's no downsides to it i agree i agree and uh you know edward 40 hands you're probably going to be feeling rough in the morning and if you're trying to escape jail it's probably not too good to have uh 80 ounces of liquid in you yeah 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 i mean you're going to be hammered. <laughs> yes, she certainly will be. <laughs> Next Dishwasher <one. laughs> salmon, you're just going to have like a nice, nutritious, lean meal in you. You're going to be ready to go. You're going to have all the nutrients you need. Exactly. Next one coming in from LDJ. Hope I didn't go too long, LOL. But it's Monday, shrug face. Another fire three rings. Like, geesh, I miss I miss Nikki, but glad she's doing awesome with Washington. And boom, Brian was right. No way should Alex be the start. Alex Smith be the starter here. Like, geesh, Mace and Zach. Whoa, LDJ, you're turning my words around. I don't think he should be the starter. I just think he would be. And I understand why you don't like that. I, I don't think I'd like that either. Uh, he goes on and says, first, I'm loving Jerry Judy's work ethic and approach to the offseason. I hope he and Drew can start some work soon. However, I'm thankful daily for him. I don't know who advises him, but dude is a superstar in the making. Somebody needs to make sure he has security because it bothers me. He keeps giving up his location of where he's going to be. And that's not the safest thing to do. So I hope he has security. Fingers crossed. So I'm team trade down. I want that more than anything, but I'm curious, what do you guys feel more secure about Drew not working out and drafting a quarterback next year or taking a risky option in Trey Lance or Mac Jones and having patience with them, which makes you more secure doing? All right, Ryan, what's more secure, Trey Lance or Mac Jones this year or rolling with Drew and trying to get a quarterback in, in the draft next year? Well, uh... It's kind of a loaded question because if you're rolling with Drew, it's because you believe in him. Um, and if you believe in Drew Locke, well, then I think there's a very good chance that you end up staying with Drew Locke. He, he hits, it clicks, you feel great. If you're just saying, oh, we're, gonna, we're just going to throw this little opportunity at Drew Locke just because we're not confident in the quarterbacks this year, well, then you're doing it all wrong. Uh, if you don't believe in him, you need to get to work and move on that position. If you do believe in him, then yeah, roll with him. And in the in this in this case, in the off chance that things just go to hell, then you can you know you can make moves next year. But I uh, I think that if it really just comes down to your feelings, your belief in the kid. 
Yeah, you're right. It does boil down to how you feel about Drew. And, and if you're not confident, well, then the the more secure option is is definitely taking Trey Lance or Mac Jones because one of those guys will be there for you at nine. Let's say you roll with Drew this year, Ryan, and you bring in a veteran hedge and Drew starts one and five and he's clearly not the guy, but then a veteran hedge comes in and gets you to seven and nine or eight and eight. And then you have, you're picking an 18 next year and you try to get a quarterback. That's just, you're, you're certainly not feeling as secure as drafting a guy at nine, but I agree. It, it all comes down to, to how you feel on drew. Cause if you're like making moves, like for example, um, you're saying like, Oh, let's trade down this year. So we have more capital to trade up for a quarterback next year. You're, I mean, you're just doing it all wrong. If you're already out on Drew, start the clock now on a new young quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean you have to get a young quarterback if a guy you don't like is there. I'm assuming you like a couple of the guys, such as Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Exactly. And if, if you really like them, well, then trade up to five to make sure that you get them. Yeah, it, or whether whoever that is. If you're saying we're right. – if you're personally ready to move on from Drew and you're at nine, this is a time to trade up to two if you have to. Uh, to get your guy. Yep. Without a doubt. He says, I don't know. I keep thinking about Ian Rappaport's words to Pat McAfee podcast when he said, what if how Drew Locke played the last four weeks of the season, he does for 16 games, but then you trade him. What then? It's it's a great question, and, and it certainly is a risk if you move on from Drew. He says, because I watched Tim Jenkins' elite film breakdown on Drew's progress throughout the season, and it's brilliant. He points out how Drew's growing comfort in the system as the year progressed, and I'm not ready to throw in the towel for Trey Lance. I just don't see it in Lance. Lastly, Mace, looking forward to your input on how you make the Kyle Pitts pick work for this team if you take him at nine, LOL. I'm so not on board for this, but I love to see how you think it would work. Well, Ryan is Mr. Uh, Kyle Pitts at nine, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, you just take the best player and then you figure it out. Um, like, he's, th- he's that good. Um, and I just think that if you're going in a different direction, you're saying you're actively not taking the best player on the board. And I think that's a dangerous path to tra- to travel down. You know, let me think of an example of this in recent years. Um, I, don't, I don't have one off the top of my head. Basically, think of it this way. Let's say you draft Caleb Farley at number nine, and he's a bust. And you could have had Kyle Pitts, and he's a pro bowler. How stupid do you feel? Yeah. Because even if you didn't need him, one player you drafted didn't even end up helping you. The other guy could have helped you in a myriad of ways. So that's what I always come back to. And I think this, okay, let's, let's imagine you draft a bus or it doesn't even have to be a bus, just an okay player. Well, and you, let's say like you, you drafted like a, a Bradley Roby like a, an okay player. And then the, the player that you could have picked who was on the board for you is making pro bowls and, you know, dominating the league and scoring touchdowns. You're still just like looking at yourself. Like, was that really worth it? We got an okay player at the position, but we could have had another, a, a great player and we could have parlayed that into a trade for another great player. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It Ryan, it's, it's just so worth to get the best player, especially what is he a top three, four player in this draft? Yeah, I think so. If positional value uh, and quarterbacks knock him down, man, and he turns out to be the third best player in the draft, you're just going to look, every team is going to look foolish for passing up on him. 
it's just I really feel like there's a big overthinking problem uh, in the NFL, and it results in the teams who don't overthink it always ending up with great players. I, I look at the Ravens as a team that just really doesn't overthink it. They just – whoever's the best player there that they think is the best player now, it doesn't mean they hit every time, but they just go get them. And everyone's like, oh, man, how did that? How did they get that guy? It's like, well, because three teams in front of them drafted for need. And they ended up just being like, oh, you guys are going to leave us with this guy? Okay, we'll take him. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Next one coming in from Orange and Blue Ozzy. I really don't understand why you and much of Broncos country are so keen on getting rid of Vaughn at this point. If you do get hesitant to give him an extension, then the club auction is a smart way to go. See how he responds after injury. It's only about the $18 million in salary is a $4 million in signing bonus hits either way. As we have a cost control quarterback drink, we can absorb a high price edge. My apologies to Swedish as he will hate this. Here is what we w- I would do if I were George Payton. Vaughn club option, try to get three years, $60 million, but only 28 million guaranteed in those first two years. Justin Simmons, five years, $80 million, low salary. The first two years to offset Vaughn and Kareem 30 million guaranteed Kareem Jackson, three years, 32 million with a bit less guarantee this year and a bit more in 2022 and 2023. No dead if cut in year three. And Shelby Harris, four years, $40 million, 18 million guaranteed. We have cap room. We draft and develop defense or keep this defensive core while the offense is mostly cost controlled. Draft these guys replacements over the next couple of drafts. Disclaimer, this is all a waste of a post. If DDW comes to town, I'll gladly start over then. Uh, is this possible, Zach? It, you could do it this year, but then Ryan, we're talking about not being able to potentially get all three uh, restricted free agents or these contracts that we're looking at here that, that orange and blue Aussie suggests are super backloaded. And to me, Ryan, if you're kind of in a rebuild this year and next year or something, that's when you, you want to eat some of the large cap hits on some of these so that you don't have to be eating them when you should be contending. So uh, I, I see what you're saying here and you're paying a lot. You're paying 20 mil for Vaughn, uh, 16, and a half mil for Justin. Oh no, no. Yeah. 16 and a half mil for Simmons, 11 mil for Kareem Jackson. It's a, that's a lot for these guys. Oh man. You know, I think if I'm George Payton and and it can't be this simple for every decision, but one of the main questions I'm asking myself is when, when my team is hoisting the Lombardi trophy, is this guy there? Mm-hmm. And I just, for me, when it comes to like a Kareem Jackson signing him for like three more years, I don't envision it that way. Um, I I think you would want to draft over him by the time that you're ready to win a Super Bowl. And I think the same thing goes for Von Miller. Now, again, you have to field a competitive team. You are trying to get to the next step. So I'm not saying pass on everyone who's over 30. But what I'm saying is that's a big tiebreaker for me if it's like okay do I want to pay this guy a ton of money um, especially money that's going to be affecting me down the road or do I want to you know to be better prepared to make big moves when my team is ready to go for me it's the other one and and because of that I'm actually okay with the Vaughn club option this year 
because of that. You know, if you have the money, remember, I said it earlier. I don't want to hear about how you, you paid Vaughn the club option and now you can't afford Philip Lindsay because it's dumb. Um, but if you have the money, then it's fine to give Vaughn the club option this year. And it helps you be competitive this year. And that's important as you move forward. And if he plays great, heck, you can sign him up later. But I just think you're giving a lot of money to guys who are going to be on definitely on the downside uh, of what they have left to give by the time you're ready to go win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Ryan. You you do have to have that mindset. What's the point of paying Vaughn and Kareem and, and a couple of these older guys tons of money this year and next year just to let them walk uh, r- right when you think you're going to become competitive, whether they, they walk because they want more money somewhere else or they walk because they're, they're old or they retire even. To me, that just doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, and now I, I know a lot of people don't just want the Broncos to save money and then just keep it, but they can roll that money over to when they're more competitive. I don't think George Payton's going to save a lot of money in order to roll over, but that's something in the equation as well. And Ryan, I think what it can boil down to is those guys that George Payton asks him that question, asks himself that question about, okay, will Vaughn be here when we compete? Will Kareem Jackson be here when, when we can win a Super Bowl? Maybe that's not the yes or no on whether he keeps them this year. Maybe that's the, okay, I'm not afraid to negotiate with these guys because if I lose them, I'm okay with it. Uh, now, I don't want to lose them, but if I lose them, I don't think they're going to be here long-term anyway, so I'm more okay with it. Next one's from Lou Drock. My boys, guys, did you see the photos that Minshew posted on Instagram over the weekend? Genuine 1980s vibes. Where do you think he ends up playing in 2021? Could the Broncos make that move? The photos alone means he deserves a new opportunity in the right place. Cheers, Charlie. Uh, I did not see those photos, but I can imagine them, and they sound great. Um Oh it's man, a- Ryan, he, he, he's shirt off. He's got the hair flowing. He looks jacked. Uh, and he's, he's running around as a quarterback with the ball in his hands and he just looks absolutely ripped. He, he looks like, yeah, an, a 19, 1980, 1970s quarterback. I love it. I, I love it. I think that, uh, I, I don't hate it. I do not hate bringing in Minshew. Nothing about it. I think it's a decent, um, it's a decent upside hedge play. Yep. The problem is it's going to create a weird dynamic for sure, but you can't always worry about that type of stuff. Um, it's just, I don't know. There's something about having the two guys who are about the same age and one of them is a Peyton guy and one of them isn't. Feels like Drew Locke would be at a strong disadvantage. Right. Yeah, he he absolutely would be. And Ryan, I think what you said is it would make an interesting dynamic, a weird dynamic. I think wherever Gardner goes, it's going to create an uncomfortable situation for whatever other quarterbacks are there. I don't think that Gardner Minshew goes and plays with the Chiefs. I think wherever he goes, he's going to have a, a legitimate shot to to start. And, you know, maybe some coaches wouldn't want it or some some fans wouldn't want it just because of, you know, he, he's only Gardner Minshew. But I, I think he'd make a heck of a competition for tons of teams around there, around the league. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Also, like, what is stopping us? What's stopping people from thinking that Gardner Minshew is good? What's stopping it? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, he, he, here's the it's reason win. is it's people QB would say, wins. Yeah, exactly. 
but he was just in Jacksonville and they just blew out their entire organization. Therefore saying it was more than just a quarterback. Exactly. I think that, you know, I get it. Um, I, I feel like I'm on the wins matter side of the spectrum more than the average, you know, uh, reporter on NFL Twitter, but even I look at that and I'm like, come on now. We're not saying like, Oh, this guy couldn't win in Jacksonville. So he can't win anywhere. Like, it's not like he was playing for the right. Patriots. Right. Um, so I, I think it's a really weird dynamic that like everyone doesn't love Gardner Minshew. Uh, and I think yeah. everyone, you know, lo- like thinks he's like cute and whatever, <laughs> but I think it's weird that people aren't saying like, man, whoever gets Gardner Minshew is going to get a baller. Yeah. Cause I think everyone, anyone, whoever gets Gardner Minshew is going to get a baller. And I also think for the same reasons that you guys think Alex Smith would beat out Drew Locke, which I don't, I do think Gardner Minshew would beat out Drew Locke and not because of my lack of belief in Drew Locke, because I think Gardner Minshew does the things that a coach who feels like they're on the hot seat is going to fall in love with. Right. Um, And I would much rather that happen than Alex Smith come in here and, and beat out Drew Locke. A million percent. Ryan, we haven't heard anything about Jameis and what his future is like uh, in New Orleans. So realistically, I think Gardner Minshew is my number one option for the Broncos this year, outside of, of course, trading for for Deshaun or Russ uh, or drafting a quarterback in the first round. He, he's my number one option, and I would be, I'd be so stoked going into training camp with a quarterback competition of Minshew and Locke. It would be awesome. 62% completions. Here's the real kicker. 37 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, Zach. Yep. That's insane. Over three to one. That's insane. I mean, when you look at uh, that is elite right there. A three yes. to one touchdown to interception ratio. And also one of the lowest interception ratios in the NFL. Yeah. And I guess here's a little bit of a knock. Um, a 50, about last season, a 51.7 QBR. So that's telling you, like, if you, if you follow QBR, that's telling you he's an average quarterback. Right. Um, and that doesn't excite anyone, but man, you just look at some of those numbers and you're like, Oh, okay. So this guy, wherever he goes, he's going to win the job. I really think that, um, you know, he had okay weapons there uh, in, in Jacksonville. I don't think the cupboard was bare by any means, but I mean, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, KJ, Hamler, Noah Fant, Albert Okwebunam, Tim Patrick, um, potentially a backfield of Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Like, you assume his numbers get better. Then 60 completions and three to 60% completions and three to one touchdown to interception. That that's gonna win football games. Yep, it certainly will. And man, that's that's a great football move for George Payton. He's gonna cost you what a fourth, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, something like that, day three pick. So it's a good football move to upgrade your quarterback room for such a cheap price. And then also, Ryan, if it doesn't work out, well, you you can absolutely draft a quarterback in round one next year. You are in no way tied to a big contract, tied to a pretty Teddy Bridgewater contract sort of thing. Uh, he, he's he's my number one guy. If it's not a big time move, would be uh, would be bringing in Gardner Minshew. And then also, I mean, you're you're gonna have fans in the stands wearing wearing mustaches, and people are just gonna be excited. I I agree. 
I agree. <laughs> Super Bowl and speaking of the devil chimes in and says, I'm extra delayed on this, but players numbers are dumb in the Madden league. All my guys rock their college numbers. Really fun. Mace, you're right. Chubb looks slick in nine, not to mention it is fun to confuse the person I'm playing. When you have linebackers with numbers in the twenties, still have a couple open slots too, boys message me on Twitter at ZJ Castro underscore 94 or on discord with the name Super Bowlin. Yeah, listen, I'm the number one person who thinks the number rule is dumb. I just still can't bring bring myself to give my Madden players illegal numbers. It just looks weird to me. I wish mm. it didn't because that would mean they stopped making that rule in the NFL. You rule follower, you. I know. I just, like, I've I've even tried. Like, I, I, I've looked at it, and I'm like, it just doesn't look right. It looks like my player is on the practice squad, and this is a preseason game. You know what you need to do? Uh, since you're the New Orleans Saints, you need to change the uh, the logo at midfield to instead of being the uh, the Saints logo, you change it to the NFL Shield. You know, j- just a big a big NFL guy, big league guy. Big big fan of the Shield. <laughs> Protect the Shield at all costs. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'll take this uh, Count Locula question here. In this titillating scenario, you will assume that the omnipotent role is the General George Payton. You decided that the value at nine is no bueno and traded back to 18 with the Finns and received the 36th pick overall. You've decided to grab a coverage linebacker as well as an edge rusher. Horn is gone, sadly, and Fangio thinks he can get a good corner with pick number 40. What do you do? You can, you can, draft, uh, you can draft either position with either pick. Remember, you are the big cheese, the patron, el jefe, the big boss. Choose wisely. The defense's life is in your hands, man. This is this is great news for Vic Fangio. If they're gonna go defense with two for, for, for yeah, a first round pick, two second round picks, that's very good news. That's a commitment to Vic right there. Yeah, so coverage linebacker and an edge rusher. What names are jumping out to you? Man, I don't know. I, I... What are you doing right, you, here, too? Uh, uh, does this mean no Alexander Johnson? Or does this mean Josie Jewell takes another step back, even though we know Vic really liked what Josie did? And then with the big question, does this mean no Vaughn? I think it, it must. Yeah, I would um, think so. Man, I don't know about edge rusher. With coverage linebacker, you might be able to get JOK uh, at 36. Is that what we're doing, right? 36 and 40? Um I think that would be a kind of an upset, but you know, we thought drew lock was going to go in the top 10. So, uh, you know, anything can happen. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting question for sure. So you got 18, 36 and 40. Let's just go to that. Are you happy with that Zach? Or would you rather gain capital next year? I would, I would personally rather gain capital next year. Although the 36 would be a really good pick to get in return and probably, realistic if you're going from nine to 18 i like that trade count i think you're right there but man if if i'm george payton i'm trying to get back to 22 23 and getting a first round pick next year i think the goal is to trade with a team who they think they're going to be good and and you think they aren't and you get their next and you get their first round pick from next year right yep exactly the fins could be an interesting one um Nine to eighteen can does that that that's a one next year, right? They're giving you thirty six this year. That has to be worth their first round pick next year, especially if they think they're going to be good. So that's what you do then. Instead of taking thirty six, you take uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and man, that would be that would be great. I, I think we would all be praising uh, George Payton for that. And so, Ryan, here's here's teams that you could maybe get a first for next year. Here's a good one. How about Washington? Now, I don't know if they think that they're going to be good next year, but I think if I'm the Broncos and they're trading up with you, it's probably for a quarterback. They're going that rookie route. Uh, I'm saying, yep, I'll take my chances with that. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Or um, what about right behind them, Chicago? Again, could you I don't also really... like, yeah, could you use your intel to figure out which quarterback they want and trade to the team who has, who wants the quarterback that you like the least, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Let's right. say the football team loves Mac Jones and you hate him and they're like, Hey, we want to trade up. And then, you know, um, the bears really love Trey Lance. You like Trey Lance. You're like, well, let's trade it. Let's go with Washington. They're going to have yeah. Mac Jones. We think he's going to suck. They're going to suck. And then we get their pick next year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. That would make a lot of sense. Um, some other teams, oh man, you probably wouldn't be able to, to do this one, but the jets, they have the 23rd overall pick. I don't really know why they'd be trading up. It's probably not going to happen there. Um, but Holy cow, if you could grab the jets first round pick next year, you do that in a heartbeat. Be funny if they like pass up on a quarterback at two and then had like terrible regret. We're like, oh no, we need to get one. <laughs> so there, there's a couple of teams right there. Man, I really like Washington or uh, or Chicago for that spot for for the Broncos to make that move. And in terms of coverage linebacker Ryan, if you're sitting at 18 and uh, and Micah Parsons is still there, I'm not comfortable taking him with the ninth overall pick. But holy cow, if you get a top five talent potentially there and then maybe he kind of fills that edge rusher and coverage linebacker spot you get to let Vic choose what he wants him to fill who everything I've heard about Micah Parsons off the field is like take him off the board worthy obviously yeah. you heard the stuff about the hazing but I've heard just like you know someone said he's the most immature player in the draft like then you I'm never staying know. away. Yeah, you never know with this type of stuff, but because a lot of times these things are floated out there and they're kind of incorrect because a team wants them to fall, that sort of thing. The evidence is kind of piling up in, from my view, that he just might not be a, uh, someone you want to put in your locker room. Yeah, that, that's very fair. LDJ checking in again. He says, sorry to chime in one more time, but did you read what Tim Patrick had to say in support of Drew? It's a little concerning for me, one. And two, did Elway create too much of a comfort zone that Drew didn't feel the need to take things more seriously with his work ethic? What comment is he referring to that would insinuate that Drew wasn't taking things seriously? Uh, well, he's talking about Mike Kliss's piece, and, and I'm not quite sure about the, the exact comment. Cause yeah, I saw I saw some of the comments. I didn't read the piece, um, but nothing that stood out to me is like, oh, he's insinuating Drew was not locked in or whatever. That would yeah. surprise me. Drew is not the type of guy who I would worry about not working hard enough. Yeah, and he, here's the quote uh, in, in Mike Kliss's article. He says, I love Drew. Going forward, I think he understands what he needs to do, and he understands it doesn't have anything to do with his football skills. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And it's good to see. I've been in Denver for a couple of weeks and his approach to the game has been 100% different than it was during the season. He's one of the first guys in the building, one of the last guys to leave. He's doing the small things to be a great player in this league and understanding what you're not good at and getting to where your talent is. I think he understands it. I think this talk about bringing in another quarterback has motivated him. And I think he should have a big season this year. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now that I hear that read out that way, I can see why that would be interpreted as such. Um, again, I don't think Drew's problem was work ethic, uh, but I think there's something to be said about um understanding what you need to work on right because drew came out last year was looking really good and there maybe there was a little bit of complacency is like if i just keep doing what i'm doing next year will be even better um and then you know what happens happens and you realize oh okay i got i really got to work on this 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 and this um and that especially with the pressure of all this talk of a quarterback coming in could really kick you into a different gear of like okay I have to get my footwork down. I have to understand how to get to my second and third reads better. You know, whatever it is, I think failure um, can kick in a different type of instinct for an athlete. Yeah, those those are really interesting comments by by Tim Patrick and and something that will follow uh, on if Drew continues this, if Tim Patrick and all the receivers are way more impressed with Drew this year. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really think it was a work ethic thing last year either, Ryan. No. Last one here from Sebastian Erbe. My boys, hope you're doing great. You may not see this. I had a busy weekend and I just remembered a comment. I'm not sure if you guys already talked about it, but it has been leaked that Fitzmagic will likely retire. First off, how does this affect the quarterback situation for the Broncos, if at all? And what's your favorite Fitzmagic memory? Thanks for everything, guys. Much love, Sebastian. Uh, well, my favorite Fitzmagic memory by far is when he wore Deshaun Jackson's gear into yeah. the press conference afterwards. <laughs> I liked it so much that that was my Halloween costume that year. Um, but no, I don't think it affects much in the quarterback world at all. It just takes off a potential veteran hedge that you could have gone for. Yeah. And that, uh, I totally agree with you, Ryan, that, that was the best fit magic moment. Or, you know, if, if uh, you want to go pure Broncos route, how about when he threw the interception in my, or against the Broncos when he was with Miami last year, man, Fitz, it would be, it would be sad to see him go. That's for sure. It seems like he still has like five or 10 years left, but I guess at 38 years old, he's getting up there. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for him. I think that personally, I think that it probably took a lot out of him mentally when he realized it's not really about how good I play anymore. You know, uh, I'm 38. No team sees me as the future of their team. Even when I played great, I still got unseated. That's probably a really crappy feeling. And I just imagine he said, like, he's saying like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go to Denver and be told like, okay, if Drew Locke screws this up, it can be your team. I don't want to go to, um, I don't know, Houston where they you know, traded away Deshaun Watson and drafted a kid. And now they want me to come in. Like it's okay to not want to be a mentor, you know, like you spent, you spent a lot, a lot of your life being the best player on your team. And it, if, if being a mentor doesn't motivate you, that's okay. And I think that might be a little bit of what's going on here. He just said, like, hey, look, if me going, what was, what were they, five and two or something, or five, four and one or something when he got unseated? Yeah. It, I, I, I totally 
sympathize if he says like that sucked like i don't want to do that again yeah yeah no i would i would totally understand that as well and a guy like ryan fitzpatrick ryan he may want to go back to school just keep learning and if you want to go back to school or keep learning make sure to check out our presenting sponsor our friends at msu denver online with high quality education without selling your future at msu denver online they're the new urban online university learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses that you can do online unheard of at other universities but msu denver delivers they have great gen eds taught by real people great completion options full programs and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to gra- to graduation. MSU Denver is the online institution in the Rocky Mountain region. So whether you want to be on campus or online, it's the same to them over at MSU Denver Online. Their students do just as well in online courses as they do in person, which means you can get the same degree with continuing to live your life the way it is right now. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. And Ryan, that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for rocking and rolling with us to kick off your week today. We really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed getting to catch up with you, Ryan. And happy birthday, my friend. If we don't talk to you tomorrow, we'll be celebrating with you tomorrow as you turn 29. And boy, Ryan, you don't look a day over 29. And thank you all so much for tuning in with us today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Yeah.